The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome back, my friends, as we take a few minutes together today in God's Word. And I'm glad you're with us as we begin this week out together uh, during this Christmas season. I hope you enjoy time with family and enjoy all of the benefits and blessings that come with it. And even if maybe this Christmas season it's not as easy for you as it might be for others, that you continue to keep your eyes on Jesus. But I would encourage you. Um, put you know, we, we, in these holiday times, we we know even culturally a lot of this, at least from the culture perspective, still points back to the birth of Christ. But as Christians, we know this. We know that the premise of this entire. Uh, holiday, Christmas, comes down to the birth of Jesus Christ. We started talking about that yesterday in church, and that's the premise. And so can I challenge you, uh, continue to be faithful as you finish the year outlook to the next year. Uh, make some decisions as you think ahead to your new resolutions that we would just keep Jesus first in all of this. And, and being here and watching this or listening to this is an absolutely great start, and we just ch- and challenge you and encourage you to just keep your eyes moving forward and focused on Jesus. Well, in that, in that idea, we're going to continue on our study in the book of 2 Peter. Last week, we started through 2 Peter chapter 1, and we finished Friday referencing two more of these things where Peter told us to add to our faith. We went through verse 5 and verse 6, and halfway or towards the end of verse 6, he said, add to your to patience or to temperance, patience. Well, today we're going to pick up there where Peter states this, add to patience, godliness, verse 7, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. So let's start with the first one. We're adding to patience, godliness. Now, inevitably, most of us, would, at least many of us, would look at this phrase, and we'd see the idea of godliness, and there's several immediate perceptions of that word. Number one, the first perception is it's overwhelming. There's no way we can truly be godly. I think the other thing we look at is, what does that even mean? It's, it's such an intangible, intangible word sometimes to look at. And uh, so I was looking up just kind of really today's simple thoughts or how do we word this in a way that really is tangible and a bit more simplistic to look at. And like what um, one author, Tony, Tony Evans, said this, godliness is really desiring to please God with our choices. You see, think about this. We are really, who we are and what we become is really nothing more than a list of our choices. What we choose to do, what we choose to listen to, what we choose to talk about, who we choose to spend time with, where we choose to live, what we choose to do with our in career, what we choose to do with what God has blessed us with. That is who we are. And so our choices result in who we are. Therefore, our desire would to please God with our choices. And here's the premise to it. When I decide what I'm going to be as a husband or as a pastor or as a father or as a co-worker or all of the different things that God has put into my life, I have to evaluate what, how can I honor God in this? You go to work sometimes in a place most of the people may be unsaved or are from different types of religions or just different thinkings. And you walk in there and it's easy to adapt to the culture there and say, well, this is what the culture here says. Well, your goddess says, no, I want you to honor me in this. We mentioned this Wednesday night that one of the things that intrigues me about the man of Nehemiah, Nehemiah was the cupbearer to a pagan king. He wasn't a godly king. He wasn't a god probably even believed in Jehovah God. He wasn't a king like that. He was just a pagan king. And yet this man, following biblical principles, excelled. He didn't excel because he was godly. He excelled because he allowed God's principles to bless him. 
you know, and he didn't fight against all of the things that he thought were wrong. He, he was blessed because of it. And I always look at that. I look at the scripture, how many of these people in slavery lived in these pagan worlds and yet were blessed by God. And I think we can live that way today. Even though the world in our, in our country is, is continually going away from God, we can honor God and still see God bless and still enjoy blessing from it. So our desire in every part is to honor God with our choices because our choices ultimately become, establish who we are and who we will become. So let's continue. We're adding, he says, to patience, godliness. Now let me challenge you in one thought here. Um, notice in each one of these, uh, things we add. I, it, I don't believe you can add one until you've put the other ones before. This is not just pick and choose when we go to godliness first. I think all of these grow in progression. Think about it. Virtue, a desire to be good. So that comes with knowledge. I go to desire to be good, go to the Bible, and I seek the knowledge to do this. When I gain this knowledge and I add, what do you see, temperance, dis discipline, uh, desire, uh, self-control. I'm going to do what I've read in the Bible, then patience. Well, I need patience to be able to do this and to wait for God in a lot of different areas to, to give directions. Well, then as I'm developing this in godliness, I can't make really good decisions until I have uh, desire to want to do it. I am in the Word of God learning. I'm disciplined and patient to God Then I can make godly decisions. These are building blocks. We start with one and we work our way up. Well then, as he mentioned godliness, and he moves from godliness to brotherly kindness. And simply, this is kindness shown to other people of the Christian faith, others in our church, others of like faith and practice in church. You know, there were times when, uh, even in our culture, churches kind of competed against each other. Even churches, you know, all the same belief system, they competed against each other. And I, I, one of the things I like more and more in, in this area, I see a lot of people that are, are friends of mine, is we're really, how can we work together for the cause of Christ? You see, Satan wants us to be divided. He wants us to be divided up amongst opinions and preferences. He wants us to be divided by pride. Things should be my way. I wanted this. I don't like that. And, and as long as Satan can keep us focused on what we want, well, we never really get focused on what God wants, and that's exactly how Satan wants it. Well, he says here, godliness, desire to make right choices, will turn away from this selfishness to brotherly kindness, treating others in a way that God would desire us to treat each other. Now, by the way, brotherly kindness references kindness to others. The Bible says especially we're to treat, love those, especially of the household of faith. You know, we'll talk in a minute about, about treating people outside of church, but especially those of the house of the faith. Here's an example I've used often. I've, I've grown up often around men and men and women who've been in military. And every once in a while you hear them, I've been to funerals, military funerals and things of that nature. And I watch how you get two people who've never met each other, but both were in the Marines or in, in a branch. And there's this immediate respect because of that connection, whether it was a four-year term or in 20 years or whatever they were in the military. There's this immediate respect and connection because they, this brotherhood, many times they call it. You know, that immediate respect, even they don't know them, is something that's always intrigued me because you think that would be seen in church. And sometimes Satan uses it to divide us because, well, we want it this way. You know, he tells us to love those, even those of the household of faith, even those who are walking together in cause. You ever considered, you know, Satan wants us separated here and we disagree on all these little things, but yet we will spend eternity together around Jesus, right? And let me challenge us that this doesn't mean that we're going to agree all the time. It's the beauty of the mystery of the church. We're not going to agree all the time. They may not even become one of your great friends, but it's a desire to show kindness because they might need it. 
This may be the place where they find that refuge. This may be the place they find that encouragement they need. Or you may find that here. And it's that kindness and that grace and that love that we show to each other, whether we know someone or not, whether they're a close friend or not, that God says can be huge. And as we desire godliness, that will flow out in how we treat each other. I don't believe you can be godly and choose to treat other people ungodly. Choose to treat other people through cruelty. Choose to gossip about people. Choose to be mean to people. Choose not to be kind. You can't be both. You can't be striving to honor God with your choices when your choices include cruelty to other Christians. You just can't do it. So to desire to please God with your choices, it rolls into the aspect of how I will treat others of God's family. Think about this. We are all the body of Christ. It will look silly that the body's beating itself up. And this is what he's saying. This godliness will develop brotherly kindness. But then, and then in rolls two, adding to brotherly kindness, charity. The word charity in our, in our translation really comes out to the idea of love, loving each other. And this is not only to those we know, but it branches out to even more outside of those that we know. And he's referencing that I love you know, my, the church family and I love other Christians, but now... I'm going to reach out to loving others. We, uh, the week before Thanksgiving, our church handed out 80-some meals to the community, Thanksgiving meals, in a desire to do just this, show love to the community, to those who need, and especially in a time of inflation. Uh, our church gave, donated, and then participated in giving it to them. Uh, we gave them the gospel and our desire to let them learn about Jesus, but this was, the, this was one of those premises. We show love to each other, and we show love to those in need. That's what God has asked us to do. That's what we do. It's an outpouring of this growth. So consider this. I start with a desire to be good, which works its way into the knowledge of the Word of God, into a discipline and a self-control, which moves, which, which needs patience and develops that, which develops to godliness, the desire to make choices that please God, which changes how I react to those around me in the household of faith, which then breeds into how I treat others. All of this comes together. Now, here's what he says. If these things that we just stated are in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you do these things, you will produce fruit, you will grow in Christ, you will grow maturity, you will be what we often would say, you will develop in godliness, you'll become more like Christ. But here's what he says, if he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged for his own sins, he may sound good, he may have knowledge, but if it's not implemented, he's blind. He sounds good, but he's blind. He doesn't even see the things that he's missing. He can't see far off, and then he's forgotten that he was purged from his own sins. He's, he even struggles with assurance of salvation because he's not adding to his faith. May that be our desire. Every day, adding to our faith. And by the way, it's not like, okay, this week, man, I've added all of these things. I think all of us will work every day of our life to add these things to our faith. Every day for the remainder of your life. Continue to add these things and develop in these things in your life every day so that you can have the, the, the convincement that Jesus is there, the proof of it, and you can have the power that he has given in your life to accomplish and to see him produce fruit in your life for the kingdom of Christ. Thanks again for joining us on this Monday. Uh, giving me a chance to be part of your day. I greatly appreciate it. Hope it's a help. Hope it's an encouragement. Hope it's a challenge that you would strive to say, I want this to be part of my life. Thanks again for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.